Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and an incorrigible cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell, and the imponderably impalpable Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. Home to the Open Bell podcast, informative articles, and helpful videos, the World Trumpet Federation is the veritable mothership for all things trumpet. When you want applicable, accessible information for you and your students, just think WTF and visit WorldTrumpetFederation.com. What could possibly go wrong? And by S.E. Shires Company. With over 25 years in the business building world-class brass instruments, S.E. Shires Company is an established and industry-leading manufacturer of professional brass instruments. And now the company's Q-Series line of instruments make that same S.E. Shires craftsmanship and ingenuity accessible to even more players. Whether you're starting your journey as a music major, looking for your first professional horn, or a seasoned pro looking to add a great horn to your collection, you need to check out the award-winning Q-Series and join the S.E. Shires family. This is a great horn that is born of the S.E. Shires quality, but at an amazing price point. Now, I've been an S.E. Shires artist for years, and I love my complete set of Shires horns. Personally speaking, I have several students, both private and at the university, that have chosen the Q for its playing characteristics as well as its price. This is a great option for any serious player. Visit www.seshires.com for more information or visit your local S.E. Shires dealer for a test drive. And now we essentially have three segments, warming up, couple things, and no offense. We use these segments to cover information that Joey and I believe is important. Brian, well, he's just happy to be here. Gentlemen, shall we? This is a segment we call Warming Up, and it gives us a chance to ease into the show by talking about some things that are on our radar. Now let's start with the only one of us that could practice in a phone booth. That was a cornet joke. Brian, what do you have to get the old Besson cranking today? (laughs) That's beautiful. (laughs) Well, of course, it's cornet related. Um, Because I know you guys won't come through in the clutch. So um, I was interested in um, helping people discover more about brass bands and cornet playing. And um, what better way than to get a membership to Brass pass.tv and all of these contests we're talking about and all of the um, they're doing a bunch of um, other stuff that so they do um, profiles on a bunch of great players um, you can suffer through the euphonium and trombone stuff um, but uh, they do a, it's a really great place that um, to go and get a exposure to amazing stunning performances at contests they cover contests they cover festivals um, from all, literally all over the world. Um, and so you can get access to all of these amazing events. Um, you can get a membership. Um, you have to do it in pounds. So I've done the conversion for a year-long membership. Oh. <laughs> it's, oh my God. it's 88 bucks for the year. <laughs> it's 27.56 for three months, and it's 17 bucks for a month. You might want to check out what's coming. They're doing a bunch of um, stuff with uh, right now, even though all the contests have been canceled. Um, and they have um, brass bands from first section up through championship at all the contests. Um, and then, and then um, some teaching and interviews and master classes and recitals. Um, so it's a really great thing. Um, I found out about it from a couple of friends in the Atlantic brass band here. Um, Carl and Mel, they're um, from the UK and they live uh, here in New Jersey now and play in our band. And, um, and they recommended it. And it's a way to just watch all these amazing performances brass pass one word dot tv brass pass dot tv wow excellent just when we thought it could not get more obscure about the cornet just deeper he just keeps going deeper i mean we didn't know that rabbit hole existed and (laughs) brian's already in it Do we get people complaining about all the cornet stuff that's on our trumpet podcast? Right. <laughs> like that hasn't all, already started. All four of the listeners. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, it was six last week, Brian. Come on. Okay. Okay. Good. Going on. That makes sense. Joey, what do you have for us today? Wow. Well, it's hard to top that. 
But uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you guys this question. I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, I think we've all known players that uh, there, there's some great players out there that may not be great teachers or even cl great clinicians because mm. in some ways they may not even have a really good idea of what they're actually doing, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> now we as teachers, I think we agree that there, there's some level of, of we want some understanding there. So I want to know how important do you think it is that a, a performer knows what they're actually doing on a scale of doesn't matter at all to it's absolutely vital. What do you guys think? Wait, yeah. that a performer knows what they're doing? Yeah. Is this so they can present a master class? No, I'm just game? saying. No. I'm just saying. I'm not saying for teaching because I think if you're a teacher, th th there's a higher bar there. You need well, to know if you're a teacher. I'm yeah. saying for a performer, how important is it for a performer to know what they're actually doing? All right. Well, it, uh, okay. I'm glad you cleared this up. If it's a teacher incredibly important if someone else's Correct. life is in your hands forget about it then you need to know right but that's an easy question i'm not asking easy. the easy question yeah yours <laughs> but if yeah how important is it to know well i would say it's important if you want to have any longevity because chances are if you're not doing it right there's a good chance you could hurt yourself or shorten your career because you're not really going about it in an informed way sure brian what do you think no i i don't i don't care if they know what they're what they're doing as long as they play great I, it would be nice if say they had a hist if they're playing historically hysterically accurate <laughs> material and they <laughs> they're doing stuff you're not supposed to do i don't know maybe you should there should be some i don't know to get docked points for that or something um but yeah if they i mean if they're doing a master class yeah i would like them to play something i'd like to them to tell us what they do every day like how they function but I don't need them to problem solve students, really. Um, but I want to know about their process. So if they can't teach, I want to know about their process. Like, what do they do when they wake up? What do they play? What do they practice? How do they process the, the text? You know, I find that fascinating, um, even if they can't teach people how to play the instrument. Yeah, see, I, I agree. I don't care if they can teach. But I, I also agree with what Bill's saying, because I, I think anybody that plays for a long time is going to run up against problems. And then either you're going to need to have somebody to go to or you're going to have to know how to fix yourself. And I think the lack of knowledge can get in the way when, not if, when something goes wrong. You know, if you play for a long time, something's going to go wrong. Well, think and, about And if you don't know what you're doing, then what are you going to do then? Right. Yeah, true. Well, think about the great artists, um, the great actors, the great singers. They all have coaches that they're still going to at the peak of their career. Um, and, and so, yeah, everybody needs some, so somebody they can go to, otherwise you could be in real, you could be yeah. in real trouble. Well, see, that's, that's, where, that's where I'm headed here is yeah. that I think in, in our industry, we don't always see that by the time people get to the, a professional level or at a high level of artistry, there's that, you know, well, who could possibly teach me? I'm there and I'm done. And then <laughs> should right. something goes wrong, you know, you might not be aware of this, Brian, but a lot of trumpet players have some ego problems. We talked about this a <laughs> right. few episodes ago. Yeah. You know, but that idea of, of having somebody is always great to have colleagues around that you can run things by or friends you can run things by or people you trust to run things by. But that's not always the case. And yeah. if you don't know what's going on and suddenly, man, I, I can't make it through this gig or something's wrong and I'm not be able to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is the, you know, we go back to this, the lifelong learner kind of concept as well, right? That's the healthy way to approach it. Um, and maybe, maybe, and this isn't what you're talking about specifically, but, you know, that just that attitude, that student mindset throughout life, right? You know, if eventually, I think if you just tune all that out and just do your thing over and over, you're, yeah, that's a, the path narrows. That gets yeah, to, that that's be my an worry. Issue. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's interesting though. Up. But if, yeah, if you're not responsible to teach anyone and you just go do your own thing, sure, but. How sustainable. Yeah. Right. And some people might be very sustainable. That might be okay. Mm -hmm. But I do, I, have, I do think about where's that line of, you know, I, I, of course, want everybody to know what they're doing so I can ask them and they can tell me. So, right. uh, uh, but I know that's not universal. So I want to know where that line is for you guys yeah. as well. Thanks. That's good. Interesting. Yeah. What do you got for us, Bill? Well, I, I'm an interesting one. I um, recently was contacted by a dear friend of mine back home whose father passed away and they were doing a military funeral. So I had an opportunity to do this and I, I made the trip. I drove back home, chance to see my mom. 
and I played the funeral. But here's the interesting thing. Uh, I played with the American Legion firing squad that I had played with when I was in high school and subbed for my own teacher in a cemetery that I had played taps in more times than I can remember for family members and friends and other townspeople. I'm going to bet that some of those American Legion guys were the same people from when you were in high school are still there. They were. Right? Wow. Yes. The absolutely. one guy. Wow. I remember I looked at the one guy and I said, I remember when you joined the squad, you were the youngest dude, like by far. And he goes, I still am. And I'm 71. He <laughs> <laughs> was totally still the youngest guy. Anyway, so I had this, this really unbelievable thing. I'm standing in the cemetery at a place where I can see my first trumpet teacher's grave. Oh, whoa. Playing taps for my dear friend's father who just passed away, and I was okay. I met, you know, you, I'm sure you guys have done this too. That's you've impressive. Play, you made it through, though. You've had to play for someone who is, you know, that there's meaning there and all that. So this was yeah. an incredible, like, confluence of things. But um, in the moment, and you're going to laugh because I'm totally trumpet geeking out now, and here's where the story's going. I realized that my trumpet teacher, George, taught me to play taps first valve. <laughs> oh. First valve. First valve. But, but, since, but no, 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 no. Why, but why since first then, it's, it was this thing. So since then, of course, I haven't done it that way. In fact, a, a year trumpet. ago, uh, right, <laughs> when we did the Taps Across America thing and for Yari, that Yari Villanueva did and put together, yeah. I played it open because I've taken to doing it that way. But as I returned to my hometown with the Legion guys and I could see my teacher's grave, I went first valve. There's no I wasn't way you're taking doing that any open. chances. <laughs> no yeah. chance. But isn't that taking more of a chance as you didn't practice it that way? I bet I've done it that way so many times. I'm cool. I got it. But isn't the original like one and two? Aren't the bugles in concert G like? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess. I know people that play at one and three because it sounds more like a bugle like that so my sure. question was do you guys like how do you how do you play it and had you ever heard of this first valve thing because george my teacher george monaco taught it to me and said this is the way you do it i i've never heard first valve i've heard one and two <laughs> because like i've heard that, that that's in g so then you know bugles are most commonly in g so it's in g that being said i've always played it open you know, mm -hmm. I think I may have talked about this before, but uh, when I was in high school, I got called by the Daughters of the Republic of Texas to play at the Alamo. For the, and, I, and I did that for the annual wow. commemoration of the falling of the Alamo uh, when I was a high school student. Mm -hmm. You know, but I, I played it open. Right. And I, I, I play it open. I've, I've played Echo Taps with George Rabbi, and George is sort of my go-to authority. If you go to Gettysburg and you hit those, the bugle calls on the kiosk, that's right. George. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that, by the way, the George is a reenactor is the best thing ever because he's such Absolutely. like, I, of course, I know him as world class jazz musician. George that's, how I met, that's how I met and him, then, too. And then yep. you find out that he's totally into this. <laughs> yeah. If you go to the diorama at Gettysburg and you look at what's it's like two or three o'clock, yep. there's a there are some wagon trails. And near that, there's a French bugle that George donated Mm -hmm. um, laying in the, in the path. Just laying yeah. there in the path. Yeah. I just think it's great that you and George coordinated valves before you started <laughs> Echo Taps. No, we, I, we didn't talk about it. We just played. <laughs> of course. Well, if I were doing Echo with someone, I would assume anywhere else that I would play it open. But it was this interesting thing of standing in that spot on that day going, oh, no, I got to play this. I got to play first. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah, open. your teacher's watching. <laughs> He's right there. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting thing. And I'm sure most people probably play it open, but you know, there you have it. Well, listen, I can hardly contain the excitement. Are you guys ready? You're ready for round two of Joey Jeopardy. Oh my God. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. I, I know I am. And, um, so here are today's categories. Are you ready? Yes. Ledger lines. All about famous high note players. Sorry, Brian. And again, making its return, biblical proportions, Arvin book knowledge. <laughs> a new one, and again, so excited here. Haiku Tukutu. Haiku Tukutu. Tukutu, These are, not Tukutu? No, because Tukutu, again, this is, a, well, this is for another episode, and that's why I put this in here. We're going to revisit this. Okay, we'll come back to that. These are famous multiple-tonguing pieces 
but the clues will all be given to you in haiku. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to answer in the form of a question haiku, do we? No. That's going to take a while. (laughs) No, you do not. (laughs) Okay. You do not. The next category is chart toppers. These are Grammy winners and other famous artists associated with the trumpet. And finally, duets. Connecting trumpet players with other people in the world. Joey likes to call this before and after. Uh, The whole world calls this before and after. I call it duets. It's a trumpet thing. Now, do you guys have your buzzers ready? Oh, I do not have my buzzers. You got to have your buzzers. Brian, I hope I hope you're ready. Last last time, yours was slower than Joey's low G. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite that slow. Come it, on. Your response? Well, no, because eventually it did speak. That's the difference. Wow! <laughs> wow! Really? And and Joey, you should know also that I I had to call Brian this past week about something, and I said, "What are you doing?" And he said, "I'm studying my Arben book." <laughs> Cheating! He's cheating. <laughs> he was totally cheating. I have no shot anyway. There's no chance. <laughs> All right, check your buzzers, please, Joey. Oh, there's Brian. Ready Perfect, go. and we're Brian good. Has a little pause. Yeah, mine yeah. Has a little pause before I when I hit well, it, you hit should it. you should account for that. All right. <laughs> uh, I think I ready? let off. I think I let off last time. So Brian, I think you lead Brian, off. Brian, you get to oh lead off. Oh well, let's find out what haiku haiku tuku two is. Oh, for so 200. Exciting. No, we're going in order. Oh, 100. Haiku Tukutu for 100. Played with piano, but my intentions are clear. I am a study. <laughs> Played with piano. Played with piano, but my intentions are clear. I am a study. I got nothing. Are you serious? Wait, this is the wait. easiest one. <laughs> Folding. No, you have to get this. I, uh, Brian. What are the Conconi studies? No. There's Joey. no triple tonguing in the Conconi oh, studies. Dude, it's about multiple tonguing. Oh, well, it's sorry. not haiku la la la. <laughs> you wrote it. I had to figure it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Played with piano, but my intentions are clear. I am a study. Concert etude. Yeah, we don't love that. Wow, and the crowd. Yeah. The crowd goes. You were wild. greeted with a deafening silence. <laughs> Crickets. Yeah. We're Not blaming my the, fault. We're blaming the riders on this. <laughs> Not my fault, Karen. All right, Brian. All where right. are we going Karen, next? Karen's Brian. folding. Brian. Oh, let's do that one again. <laughs> oh, yeah, that worked really well. Let's that stay great. with it. We were all Haiku, Tukatu for 200. Written for Cornet. My namesake is so pretty. Violets are blue. I hit the wrong buzzer. Rose, rose variations. The rose what variations. Is oh. Rose variations. What is? What are the rose variations? Outstanding. Nice. Done. All right, Joey. Well done. All, All right. right, let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really curious about duets, which I'm going to call before and after. All right. Uh-oh. Duets for a hundred. The Tonight Show band under the direction of Mel Brooks. Oh come on. Under the the direction of Mel Brooks? Yeah, that's the connection. The Tonight Show band under the direction of Mel Brooks. (laughs) Everybody's screaming at their phones now. Oh, yeah, people are podcast running, just yelling. And you guys are folding like a Kmart lawn chair. (laughs) Folding. We got nothing. Nothing. The Tonight Show band under the direction of Mel Brooks would be Snooky Young Frankenstein. Oh. That's that's pretty good. You're gonna crack yourself up the whole time, aren't you? I, I giggled the I'm, whole time I was I'm, writing it. I'm, I'm now angry. Let's get out of here. Let's go you, ledger lines. All right, ledger line. <laughs> he bails. What, I, what do I do? Well, I bail. I got high notes. That's it. Shocking. This is this is the this is the story of Joey's life. That's right. Let's get out of here and play some. High I don't notes. know what's happening. Let's go play some high notes. Exactly. Known for smoking high notes in the smoking section. Who is Steve Patrick? That is correct for a hundred. Well done, Steve Patrick. Yeah, Brian yeah. looks. Brian looks wow. shocked. Joey. Yeah, let's keep Joey going. Joey knows somebody, somebody about high note people. Yeah, let's keep going and high. Keep going high notes. Yeah. All right. For two hundred, she played lead with Harry James and the Vegas production of Sugar. Yep. Quick, Joey. Oh crap! With Harry James. I may have this wrong. Is that Louise Berenger? It is Louise Berenger. Yes. There we go. There we go. Wow. It's going to yeah. be a shutout. 
All right, let's, keep, let's, let's keep going. Ledger lines. Ledger lines for 300. Lead trumpeter known as Superman with a horn on the Woody Herman band. Who is Bill Chase? Joe, no. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Not Superman with a horn. Brian? For 300. No idea. L- lead trumpeter known as Superman with a horn on the Woody Herman band, Pete Condoli. Oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, he, no. gets, he gets docked points for that, right? Well, he should. It's not the Daily Double. I'm going to have to pay somebody to get all the answers ahead of time. All right. Uh, still to you, Joey. Uh, we'll right. stay. Though. Let's keep going with some more high notes. All right. For 400, he was the original lead trumpet player in Tower of Power. It was Mick Gillette. Joey, yes. Yeah, he's got to know that. Gillette. He's yeah. going to run the table, Brian. Let's go one more. Well, I missed one already, so I'm not running nope. the table. I missed 300. Oh, you did. Let's go with All 500. Right. Ledger. Ledger lines for 500. Inia and pure music were contributions of this great trumpet. <laughs> that's who is Bill Chase. That's Those who are, is Bill Chase. That's, that's, that second and third, right. that's the second and third records. Yeah, there right. it is. So let's, uh, let's head over to Chart Toppers. Chart toppers for 100. The brass band who held the number two spot on the charts to Paul McCartney for floral dance. What, what sound is that, Brian? That's my buzzer. <laughs> um, Brian, what, is, what is Brighouse and Rastrick? That is correct. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> That's the name of a brass band. Not only that, it's one that Brian played in. One I played in for the this year. This is cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Top of the charts, floral dance. I have that that thing committed to memory. I had to play that so many times. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> actually got a little Easter egg for Brian. Wow. I'm super excited that that was a question. It was a question. I think it's impressive that I found that. All right, Brian, where do you want to go? Chart toppers for 200. Wow. We'll go back. He's testing his line. How is that the one hundred dollar answer? There's no way that's the one hundred dollar <laughs> right. question. It should have been the five hundred dollar question. That's crazy. Two hundred. This handsome fellow won the Grammy in two thousand thirteen for his album titled Impressions. Brian. Who is Chris Bodie? Oh yes. Yeah. Well done. There it is. All right. That's a good call. Wow. Chart toppers for three hundred. Are you staying At with least it? it's not a shutout. All right. For 300, this famous musician worked with his brother, had some skunk funk. I'm sorry. And won a Grammy. That'd be Randy. Who is Randy Brecker? There it is. All right. The Brecker brothers. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's just stay Joey? right there. Let's go to 400. Chart toppers for 400. The Year of the Dragon is just one example of this composer's prowess. Year of the Dragon. Wow. I can't. Do we know the Year of the Dragon? Help me help you, (laughs) Brian. Help me help you. Um, Okay. Brian. Uh, Who is Peter Graham? No. Joey, (laughs) want to pick the first British composer you can think of at the top of your head and probably score 400 points? Um, I will. I will guess. Uh, Spark. You are correct. Yes. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. You should be. I didn't realize this was loaded against me. Yeah. I was, <laughs> wow. I Let's go ahead and finish off. Let's finish off chart toppers for All five. Right. Man, chart brutal. toppers for five hundred. This Grammy winner has a tattoo of a trumpet on the inside of her arm. Who is Lady Gaga? That is correct. Who designed the uh, the trumpet? Philip Spark. Tony Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> Who did? Tony Bennett did. Yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's cool. All right, Joey, where are we going next? Let's head over to before and after for 200. Uh-oh. Duets it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right, duets for 200. Revolutionary war patriot with incredible flexibility and freakish technique. Revol- Say that again, please. Revolution- that crazy. Revolutionary war patriot with incredible flexibility and freakish technique. Uh, who is Ethan Allen Vizzuti? Yes! Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
The furniture guy? <laughs> no, the Green Mountain Man. Come on, man. Oh know your history. <laughs> Dude, that was amazing. <laughs> All right, let's stay with let's stay with before and after for three hundred. Yes, sir. Duets for three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna really like this one. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> he can't get it out. He's laughing so hard. I really am. <laughs> So good. Traditional Arctic footwear with great grip, cushioned rim, and no hindrance of blood flow. <laughs> Traditional. Oh my gosh, he's on it. What is the <laughs> mock acoustic coil? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That was a good guess, though. That was a great, a great guess. I can't breathe. Somebody help Bill. Oh, my gosh. We've lost Bill. That's it. I wrote it. I'm killing myself. <laughs> Traditional Arctic footwear with great grip, cushioned rim, and no hindrance of blood flow. Got me. No way. Rudy Mucklucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to only have a problem that you put Rudy first, but you started with the, the footwear. So that would be an after and before. <laughs> I don't. That doesn't matter. Take it up with the committee. This is Jeopardy, and that falls under the infield fly rule. <laughs> so, in <laughs> other words, everybody's out. <laughs> everybody's out. Everyone's Drop out. It. Everybody's out. All right. All right. Let's, let's keep going. Where are we at? Four hundred there. Oh, four hundred daily double. Yes. Wow. You found it. You All found right. the daily double. I'm very excited. All right, for four hundred duets, New Mexico meets Pennsylvania for high notes and a flaky crust. New Mexico. New Mexico meets Pennsylvania for high notes and a flaky crust. High notes and a flaky crust. Served at Gardunos. <laughs> New Mexico meets New Mexico Pennsylvania. Meets Pennsylvania. You're gonna love this one. Probably not. Brian, do you have any idea what he's talking about? Not not really. Me I neither. I got nothing. No? Yeah. All right. Bobby Shoe Fly Pie. Oh, Jesus. I should have said it. <laughs> I really should have said it. Did he you really like have it. that? Yeah, I really had that. He he doesn't like it. It's too bad because he knows it's good. <laughs> I'm angry now. And the Daily Double went away. <laughs> Nobody so got I. it. I could have gotten extra <clears throat> points. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Brian could have gotten it. Hi, right. right, Joey. Where are we going? Let's finish it off for 500. Oh, this is so good. So good. <laughs> I'm very angry. For 500 duets, Dorsey, Goodman, and Colored Eggs. I can't get started with you. Dorsey, Goodman. Uh-huh. And Colored Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> colored Eggs. Uh-huh. Oh, you're so close. I could see it. The wheels are turning, but they're Dorsey, locked up. Goodman, and Colored Eggs. I can't get started with you. Brian, oh, you got anything I really want, I've I got really, half of it. it. Joey. You got what? it? No, I don't. Yeah. Joey, I thought Joey. you were going to nail I'm, this. I've, I think I've got half of it. What is it? Easter Bunny Berrigan. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now I'm angry. I should have had that. Could have, should have had that. Yeah, I should have I can't had believe that. you didn't I'm get Bobby Sh Bobby Shoe Fly Pie. I even said Gardunios. We had dinner with him there. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm angry now. I'm mad at myself. I, I have no one to blame but Brian. Oh, <laughs> Let's oh, head over to the uh, the Arvin's book, the Biblical so. Proportions. Biblical Proportions for 100. This selection expresses a plea worthy of Arbor Day. What is Joey? Woodman spare that tree? Yes, Woodman spare <laughs> that tree. Come on, Brian. Wow, right. Let's keep going, Arvins. For 200, number 28 on page 142 marks the beginning of these studies. What do you say, 142? Yep, page 142. Oh, <laughs> that's Brian. The part of my book that's gone. Is that, uh, what is the Gruppetto? No, sorry. Number 28, page 142. No looking in the book. Brian's looking at his book. Brian's looking at his Arvin book. Of course you do. He's been studying it. All right, what's it, what is it? <laughs> Major and minor chords. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's keep All going right. with Arvin's book. Arvin's for 300. 
I'm sorry, biblical proportions for 300. Uh, everyone knows number three, and number 11 is downright famous. I'm number 12. Who am I? Joey. Characteristic studies are we talking about? F nope. minor? Nope. We know three, do we know 11? What's 12? There is a number 12. Mm -hmm. That's F minor, right? Nope. We're not talking about characteristic studies. Hmm. I'll give you a hint. In the theme and variations, everyone knows number three, Fantasy Brilliant. Number 11 is downright famous, Carnival who? of Venice. I'm number 12. Who am I? Who's Brian? Norma. <gasps> Norma. Yeah. Oh. We get half credit. We'll give him credit for that. He's got no shot anyway. No, he's doing no great. shot. No shot. Brian? Oh, biblical proportions. What are we on? 400 now? 400. Under 68 duets, mm -hmm. I hold the distinction of being the very first one. Oh, my gosh. What is the title of that? <laughs> Can I sing it? Does that count if I sing it? No. I don't know, I title. I don't know the title. Fantastic. I Brian? I reach for my book. I play it's 150 right times every fall. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Again, gosh. Again, people screaming at their no, I got nothing. Right now. I do not know the title of this. No, uh, the first duet in the Arvin book is Sacred Song. Sacred yes, Song. There you go. <clears throat> yep. Shameful. We're terrible. Oh, man. Off night for you guys. And no, 500. Okay. You want to keep going? Biblical proportions? Please. 500. Page 91 is home to preparatory exercises on what musical gesture? That's the Gruppetto. That's the Gruppetto. That's the Gruppetto. <laughs> yes, yes. There it is. With the assist from Brian. <laughs> All right, Joey, where are we headed? It oh looks like uh, we're back. I think to... all we've got is the haikus left, right? We do. All right, all let's right. knock them out. Here we go. Haiku, <laughs> two, ku two. Oh For 300, God. this rite of passage, the most epic concerto, Natalie owned it. Joey. What is the Artunian? What is the Artunian? You are correct. There we Natalie go. Natalie Dungy's performance at NTC is what I was referencing. There right. we go. From many years ago. When she was like three or four uh, years old, isn't that? Four and a half. Young. <laughs> it's just stunning. Yeah. <laughs> Haiku Tukatu for 400. I'm no carnival, but Winton made me sound great. Large, red, and in charge. Brian. What is the Grand Russian Fantasy? Yes, the oh, Grand wow. Russian Fantasia. Oh, there's we'll the red. It. Nice. Good call. We'll allow it. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> for 500 and the game. 500 and the and the game. Well, until we get to the, you know, final Jeopardy, that is, because there was a complaint <laughs> last time that we didn't have one. 500. A, who would complain about that? A bold third movement. Great way to find a tempo. It's 144. Oh, what is the Hummel? <laughs> what is the Hummel? Because, <laughs> you know, right here, that's 144, right? That's 144. It's right there. there. You got it. That's the way you find 144. Perfect. It's right there. All right. Well, Karen's going to take this and tally it up. And in the meantime, final Jeopardy. Are you guys ready? This week's final baseball. Jeopardy. Do we buzz in for final? Because usually we each would answer for final. Uh, you each get an answer for okay. this. Okay. You're not, so you're not like you're going to get it. buzzers away. Based on per tonight's performance, this is going to be silence, radio silence. <laughs> You're right. uh, underestimating we us. We're, we've Here been we pacing ourselves. And again, Wait, once we'll again, put those away. Put those away. Yeah, Brian. It sounds Sorry. like your cl your clothes are done in the dryer. <laughs> okay, I, and I even slanted this toward Brian, who's going to swing and a miss on this. No shot. Okay, a healthy, high fiber English breakfast cereal meets an American-born cornet soloist from the 1900s. A healthy, high-fiber English breakfast cereal. Unbelievable, Brian. Meets an, uh, an American-born cornet soloist from the 1900s. Wow. This is all, this is like right down Brian's alleys. I, I tried, I did, I tried yeah. to, you know. He's trying. I really am trying. I need a, a grid with all the answers before we start. Then I, a, <laughs> I might have a fighting chance. You want multiple choice Jeopardy. <laughs> I think the I think the real name for that is Backboard Bingo. Brian. <laughs> That's right. All right. A healthy high fiber English breakfast cereal meets an American born cornet soloist from the 1900s. 
would be. I'm really glad I didn't bet anything on this. <laughs> yeah, no betting. <laughs> I thought he has down that you bet everything on this. <laughs> I bet nothing on this. All right. You want the answer? Yes, please. Weedabix Biterbeck. <laughs> yes, it is. It's Weedabix. That's what it is. Weedabix? Weedabix is a cereal. I, I have never heard of Weedabix. That's I could because taste, it's... When you said it, I could taste it. Yeah. I just couldn't come up with the name. I've watched you eat Weedabix. Yes, that's right. Wow. Shameful. And Bix Biterbeck. Come on. Bix Unbelievable. Bix a good call. Well, yeah. you guys were really underwhelming yeah, we, on not, this round. We're not, we're not good. It's it was so much the better. Six the first listeners time. are hoarse from screaming at Screaming phones. answers. <laughs> Could you just hear someone going, Easter Bunny Berrigan. Easter Bunny Berrigan. These guys are morons. <laughs> well, that part's true. Yeah. It's, it's true. All right, boys. It's time for a couple of things. I feel like it's a right to kind of constantly reinvent myself as a teacher, to find new ways to practice and create the best things to help students grow and maintain their artistry. So to that end, years of teaching trumpet and teaching bands ranging in age from elementary to adults inspired me to develop something that served to remind players about the most crucial fundamental aspects of performance and to do it in such a way that's memorable and repeatable. It's a set of guidelines presented in a list that has grown into a mantra. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you body, center, breathe, and flow. So I appreciate you guys letting us talk about this today. This is my, my mantra, body, center, breathe, and flow. And it's essentially, like I said, an opportunity to give kids a memorable list to allow them to address the fundamentals of playing. So, um, and I, I, I did this in, in a way that I, I think we all try to do, which is do our teaching in the positive rather than say, don't do this or don't do that. Yeah. So, you know, body is to put your, your body in the optimum position to play. And of course, these are all taught separately and then just serve as reminders. Center is to get the horn in the center of your face, center of your body, X, Y axis, all that. Breathing, we could talk about that for a long time or not at all, and it wouldn't matter. And then flow, of course, <laughs> uh, is, uh, is, of course, just the link to music making and process. So I know you guys have thoughts on each one of these. And, and again, I appreciate the chance to talk about it. But you should you should talk to us about each one of them and, and your your position. I've seen you do the class. You did it from, right. from my gang, and it was it's very effective. Yeah, well, let's I, let's talk let's let's talk first. Let's take them in order. So when you're talking about body, right. you know, lots of people there. Uh, I grew up in an era where there were times they were saying, "Make sure you sit up straight," and you would mm. often see people just get ramrod because. Well, that means straight, that must be good, but that's not what you're talking about. When you're talking right. body, you're not just talking about sitting up straight or standing up straight. Can you tell us what you mean? Give us, give us some depth on yeah, what so you really I, mean by body in this context. Yeah, when I say body in this context, and of course I've done this with marching bands and indoor bands and private students and all that, it's to, again, put the body in the optimum position to play. Hips over heels, shoulders over hips, standing tall, right? And, and a head, your head in a, in, a, in a regular set position, so you know, nothing strange, but as, as comfortable and as, as neutral as you can be yet, yet standing tall, um, which allows you to take in a full breath, right? It, it makes you stronger and keeps you from becoming fatigued. Um, and I, 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 I know this is important to you guys, Joey, this is kind of a funny thing, but one of the first times we played in Pennsylvania with Trombamundi, my wife had taken some pictures of the group and you said, you saw one of the pictures and the first thing you said, you said, look at, look at the way I'm standing. Like that's in the middle of, it was just in the middle of a set and you were standing the way you always stand, right? Everything was exactly the same. So this idea of the constants and variables, right? We want to make so many, as many things the same as possible. And so I think if the body position is the same, it's one of those things that doesn't get us in trouble with, you know, tension in the shoulders, which finds its way out the bell or tension in your arm, which finds its way out the bell. So for me, it's the standing, or if you want it, if, if, even if it's sitting in the most optimum position to play. You also work balance into that too. I've seen you, <clears throat> heard you talk about that. So it's, it's not a tension, but there's a balanced poise to what you're asking the students to do. Yeah. I mean, often I'll, I'll say, all right, stand on this spot, right? And then no matter what I do, don't move off that spot. And I'll put my hand up as if I'm going to push and you see, right? You, there's this sort of like being agile, right? Being in a position where you can 
you know, support yourself and do what you need to do and not be caught off guard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that kind of. The constant part of that is the really important part, because I think a lot of people give no thought to this at all. They happen to they go wherever they happen to be. And the people that I've seen that are best at this are actually orchestral musicians, professional orchestral musicians. I'll show up in places and there was there was a time uh, maybe a year or two ago I was going down to play with Houston and uh, and I had set up where I normally set up and they said, oh, would it be okay if you were set up here? And I said, sure. So I just moved over there and Bob Walp, who was playing third on that concert, came in and said, oh, uh, we need to switch. That's my chair. Because mm-hmm. he's got it set up because it's a little bit different and he has it set up because he knows this is how he's going to be set up so that he's in the best position. It's a constant, right? Right. And there's sometimes they know like this person has this, this person has this. And it's like, right, that's just really smart. They're eliminating the variable of, hey, if I have this in this way, I know every day when I come in there, it's I'm going to be <laughs> in the same place and, a, and set up for success. And that's what you're talking about. You want to eliminate yeah. the idea of... Well, I've never really given any thought to how I stand or how I sit, so it might be different every day. You're talking about not only not only doing it well, but giving it some actual thought so right. that you do it well. Yeah, do it the same. I mean, and, and so I had a student, funny, come in today, and he's getting ready to do a recital. So all of a sudden, he moves his stand over to the side. He never puts his stand on the side. Huh. I said, well, what are you doing? He goes, well, <laughs> what's that about? Was you know, what's happening? And it was, well, I mean, it's, the recital's in like a week. And I mean, this is the way it needs to be on stage. In other words, so he would be open to the audience more or less. And I said, I just picked it up, moved it back while I was saying, uh, no, we're going to keep doing this the same way. Like, <laughs> right. You're not going to practice it one way and then do it a different way. Um, but what a, what a place to start in terms of just the way that, you know, of course, the next thing we're going to talk about is center and the way you relate, the way that you bring the instrument to you. That needs to be brought to a body that's in the optimum position to play. And yep. boy, that's a really important one because uh, I think a lot of people run into this. I've watched this in auditions. They'll, uh, students will walk out on stage and there's a stand set and they will not move it up, down, left, or right. <laughs> right. Because, well, yes. I mean, that's where it is. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's an accessory. That needs to be put where it works for you, not the other way around. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it's really important. What you're saying is, to, not, is very, very, very important, not just to essentially get yourself set upright, but get yourself set, think about how you set yourself upright and set yourself upright so that now you're ready to play. Right. And it makes this thing, you're sort of playing in your space, no matter where that space is. Right. So if it's if it's the first time you've been in that room for an audition, whether it's been a room you've been in for 10 times, right, Um, that you take command of that space and take command of that room and adjust things in such a way that you can put your body again, I'll say in the optimum position to play. That's the constant that you're looking for. All right. So let's assume you've gotten that together now. So what's Mm -hmm. next for us? So the next thing is then center. And so remember, too, that I, I use all these words as I mean, we usually hear the word a trigger as something negative in this day and age. But there can be right. This is a, something to evoke a certain response. Right. So mm-hmm. if you say rather than say, you know, have good posture or don't slouch or any of those things, you say <laughs> the idea is you say body and then that elicits a response. And then center means bring in, this is the most important part, bringing the horn to you, not going to the horn. This, please say that one more time. Yeah. This is so, unbelievably important information. <laughs> so you set the body where in the optimum position to play and you bring the horn to you rather than holding the horn in some comfortable position with bent elbows and then moving your head to the mouthpiece. <laughs> Euphonium players are the worst. Yeah, for this. sure. Now, sure. in their defense, an awkward instrument ergonomically to deal with. But come on, trumpet players, we should be able to bring it to our face. We, yeah. have, a, we have a huge advantage here uh, in that our, horn, our horns are relatively mm. light and, and we're relatively symmetrical in, in playing them. You know, both hands are basically in the same place in front of us when we're playing. But I got into a long argument with a trumpet player. This was a long time ago. We were, we were playing in Chicago where we were talking pedagogy. And his contention was, no, 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 you put the horn here and you go to the instrument. And I said, that's, wow. and I said, that's insane. And he says, no, 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 because then what you're doing is you're really bringing, you're preparing and bringing yourself to the horn. And I said, but that's going to preclude you from being able to do a lot of things in the horn. And he looked me dead in the eye and said, yeah, but I don't want to do those things, so I don't care. And I said, no, 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 but you're eliminating the possibility. <laughs> because it's so true. Things. You know, you know, like we play have without a, attention. Yeah. But, <laughs> Make yeah, a beautiful we, sound. But bring the horn to you is so important. And once you've got yourself, like you're saying, the body centered, 
Mm-hmm. Then, wow, there it is. You bring it right up. You bring that to you, and then you're ready to go. And I think too, like on a larger scale, you're talking about, and this is such a great a great word to bring to this: the symmetry of, especially with the trumpet, we have a sense of symmetry, right? And we can, we can make that even. But if you think so, that's the center of your face. Now think about the embouchure too, which is you want that in the center right? You want to, that's a great, such a great word to use to try to make sure things are in the right place. And then if you're really, if you're really getting microscopic with it, there you know, we go. is the, <laughs> is the mouthpiece, is it too, is it really in the center more or less, you know, you can, now you can, it's a reminder to look out for things like a too high set or to a set that's too low or something like that. So, um, Again, though it's a, it's a word I think that evokes the right response. And remember too that we've got visual learners, right? Kinesthetic learners. We've got people who will relate to this different differently. So you you can do things like you know the imaginary x and y axis, right? You could talk about the center of your face. You can use now, target imagery. That kind now of I want to I want to interrupt here for just a little bit because you say x and y axis, which is two dimensional, but we're three dimensional. So please tell us what you mean by x and y. Well, I'm thinking of it as when, you know, more or less the symmetry side to side. So the arms are at the same height, right? Height. Get about at the height. That there are way. two and inches, then... but there's none on the end of the word. <laughs> We've been through this before. <laughs> Think of the word eight, right? All right. There's no H on the end of that. Now put an H in front of it and you got height. Eight notes. Like that? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I just came up with three new categories for Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't get any of them correct now. So I, I'm using that as an imagery. So side to side for the arms and then thinking about the horn moving out, you know, away from the body. Right. So I'm using I'm just using that as a way to imagine yourself against something that creates that symmetry or moves you towards. But did you say but up, down, I, but left, I, right and out? Right. Mm -hmm. But see, that I think I think you're really if, if I can. Do add it. on to let's what you're doing. Add, let's do it. Because I think you're really thinking in three dimensions, but you're only describing two. So you want me to say X, Y, and Z? Axis. I do, because we really do. We are we really are three dimensional. So you're talking about you're you're describing the X axis as essentially going across the body. Mm -hmm. Then you're saying the Y axis is going out from the body, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what you're describing. Yeah. Right. No, but, I'm talking about that up. At, I'm talking about that from an up and down standpoint. Look, I took algebra twice, dude. You're going to have to take it from here. Right, but then, the, but what about the going out from the body? That's the other axis. Yeah, that's the other axis. Yeah. And right. that's just as important. All of mm -hmm. the, it's all three. We're three-dimensional, and we play in three dimensions. Well, four if you want to talk time. I don't want to get into that too much, because, um, but we, we really Episode could. Episode 97. <laughs> so that's the Stephen Hawking podcast. <laughs> we can break this down. I can, make you guys I can make you guys understand this, I promise. But, uh, but you do want to think in three dimensions. I think it's X, Y, and Z axis because that mm -hmm. is what you're describing. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's great. Great addition. I love, this, I love the center because I, I conceive of the energy in the center and the brain as being in the center and the heart being in the center, approximately mm -hmm. the center. So, right. um, you know, all of those things centering in terms of how we're, you know, emoting even, mm -hmm. uh, how yeah. we're breathing. Well, it's interesting. Once we get, so I do this, this is a palindrome, by the way. So by the, by the time we get through the whole thing, then we kind of go back through from another perspective. Well, Wait a minute, what's a palindrome? The, the whole <laughs> oh. thing. Well, it's well, not it's really a palindrome not because, because you're not, not going to spell the words backwards. I understand. That's what a palindrome so, is. I know. You mean it's reversible. And category four. Yes, it's reversible. <laughs> like I'm okay pink, with that. Like your new pink hoodie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so we will talk about this moving this the direction we are, and then we're going to go in reverse. All right, that, so, that all right, so, so we've, we've got ourselves, we've our body bought, is we've good. We've got a body and, and in center. We're centered X, up. X, Y, and Z axis. And Z axis. So now, now what's next for us? Now we're going to talk about breathing. Excellent. Let's talk about and it. And that can be done in a number of ways. I've got, I've got three or four that I use all the time that just sort of evoke the response that I want. I'm sure that we all do. Um, there are some ways to go about it, and I think that's enough. We've talked about breathing before on here we mm -hmm. probably will come back to it again and give it way more attention than it deserves but um <laughs> i i like just some simple suggestions about breathing like i love um breathe in backward through the letter o okay what do you I mean like, breathe in backwards i don't know what that means i'm not saying oh you make the same shape with your mouth but then you breathe in as if you know how is that instead backward? of saying the syllable well you're breathing in you're not saying oh out saying, you're oh. breathing in this way 
But you're not breathing in backward. You're breathing in. Well, you're like you're saying oh backward. <laughs> How do you say oh backward? Look, you didn't get Bobby's shoe fly pie, and you're going to tell <laughs> That's me. That's why I'm asking. Because <laughs> I obviously don't get it. <laughs> Just say breathe through the letter O. Is that better for you? Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. Adjusted. And I've added the Z. Are you good now? <laughs> you Unless Canadians all are listening, of and they're going to try and figure out how to go Z. <laughs> the Z axis. Uh, I also like breathe in across the bottom of your mouth. That's do you think that helps favorite. people open? Like, I what, think it does. Why do you, why do you like that? I like that, that one because it relaxes the tongue, the throat opens. I've even had people say that they feel the shoulders drop or the collarbones open up when they take a breath like that. Breathing in across the bottom just eliminates a whole bunch of tension associated with taking a big breath. So I uh, like that you one. You hear a lot of students who breathe with the tongue very high in the mouth. Right. You know, saying he. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you're, if you're hearing when you're breathing, you might want to rethink that. Yeah. 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 No offense. Yeah. Oh, we're early. Oh, a little early. Um, so I like that one. Uh, in the marching band setting, I've actually used get tall, now breathe in and get wide. <laughs> right? Just that <laughs> overfilling. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I've also then, I'll, I'll throw one more at you and then you guys can jump in if you want, but I, I got um, acquiring a target at a distance, right? Pull the air off of that target and then put the air right back on that target again. Oh, and I've used can... that a lot for playing, but I've never used that for breathing. That's interesting. Yeah. I like mean, the idea that I'm playing to the back of the room and I'm playing to that spot or playing. I, I've thought about that, but I've I never thought about it from the entrance way. That's yeah. really good. That's really take, good. Take the, the idea that you're pulling the air from that spot and then putting the air right back on that same spot. And in marching band, that could be 25 or 30 yards away. It could be the top of the stadium or the top of the um, the bleachers or whatever you want yeah. in order to get the get the result that you want. As long so, as you remember when you're playing outside, make sure to fill up the room. That's always a good idea. That's <laughs> definitely, you have, you have no choice. So under, again, under this segment, you can teach breathing however you want to, but it's the, it's the perfect place to put it. Body's ready to go. Horn is centered up. Now it's time to talk about breathing. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. So, so we've talked. Yeah. I was saying, what do you guys have any breathing stuff you want to throw in there? Things that you've used that are might as just take a take a deep breath instead of a big breath. Take a mm -hmm. deep breath. I usually focus on trying to make it as easy as possible. Take an mm -hmm. easy breath. I, it's mm -hmm. stuff we already know how to do. So I right. try and you know I'm an oversimplifier. So I just want to make things. I have a lot of students who think an easy breath is a really small one. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's easy. Right. Uh, <laughs> or or if uh, I had one student a couple of years ago, this was fantastic. She was great. She came in one week and told me I can't breathe. And I said, oh, so you're dead. Good to know you. <laughs> and I said, uh, Sorry, have, you ever, have you ever gone swimming? And so she came back the next week and she goes, I went swimming every day this week. And I said, what? You did what I told you? That never happens. But uh, if you're swimming and you've got your head down and while you're swimming, you're blowing out air. And then when you turn to the side, like in a freestyle to take that breath, there's your breath. There it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. that's a good one. You know, Brian, for the high breathing thing, you know, I, I always I like to say that you know the the sound of the breath that you take in is the sound you're going to make. Yep. So if you're breathing in high and thin and bright, that's that's exactly what's going to happen. So, yeah. um, Keith had this great thing about fo the idea about focusing on the sound of the breath, which I think worked a couple of different ways. It made you made sure that you were taking a nice, open, relaxed breath, but then it also gave you something else to focus on. <laughs> so you right. weren't thinking about how many people are in the room or if you were going to make it or not or whatever. You know, so there we go. Body center, breathe and now flow. Now we're to the point where if we've done all these things, we're in a position to actually, you know, connect the physical things that we're doing with flowing air forward and making music and tying it into that. And I like the word flow because it does, you know, um, of course, it indicates motion and it's constant motion. It's when we're responsible for that motion to keep that flow moving forward. So you mean you're really focusing this on a musical flow, not an air flow per se? I'm kind of, yeah, I'm transitioning here. I'm actually using it for both. I mean, flow is the idea of how, you know, you're moving the air forward, but I immediately go to why you're moving the air forward. Yeah, and I think that's an important distinction. Yeah, um, rather than, you know, all the breathing exercises with the, you know, like that we're breathing in and we're breathing out and all that. I, I just need it immediately tied to sound, and that's why I and tied to music. connect it that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
and they're and the the people you're dealing with don't have the baggage the flow baggage that we have in terms of you're blowing like crazy through these flow studies right right although i'm using flow studies at this right. particular juncture right but it's still but it's still music is flowing tone is flowing mm -hmm. tone is flowing and all yeah. that yeah and i this works in such a way that it could be you could use it to start a phrase so body center breathe and flow one right yeah if you're in yeah. four so it becomes something that um you know and i suppose like look after a while like anything else it just becomes part of the landscape and it isn't noticed but if you haven't been using it and you've been trying to correct posture and trying to correct ergonomics mm. and all those things and you're saying don't do this and don't do that it's a good positive spin to put on things and a good mantra to instill that has them going through this personal checklist i've used this for myself if i'm i'm playing and you know like we we had a few episodes back right you're having a bad day right things don't feel great. Things aren't going yeah. right. So I, this is my own thing. I'll come right back to this to make sure that I've got that checklist right. And I have things in order. All right. So how does, how does it work backwards? You said it's, you so said I, incorrectly that it's a palindrome, but right. you're saying, palindrome. I will say it could, I, it could be reversible. I'm going to say it, through o. it's a palindrome. I'm going to say it for, you know, exactly. That's the same. That's the palindrome. And it's the radar um, of trumpet pedagogy. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> and you're out. <laughs> you are definitely out. So, yeah, so I, I do some teaching in our grad program with music educators who are really, they come in really wanting to know how to help students. And this kind of thing can do that. Except for them, it also works the other way to say, like, look, life is ebb and flow, right? Things happen all the time. There's this constant flow of the stresses we have and the responsibilities we have and the teaching we do. You accept that that's what it is. And through that, you breathe right you find ways to relax you find ways to um to deal with that in such a way that you calm yourself and you breathe which of course should bring you to your center and you have mm -hmm. to know what your center is and something that you made one big decision and that's your center and that's what you're going to stick to and then of course uh, on top of that keep yourself healthy keep the body in a place where you can continue to function and be positive and 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 be there to help the students you're supposed to help so so it's yet again, it's, it. it's, it's not exactly all about the trumpet with you. It <laughs> <laughs> seldom Never has been seldom about the trumpet, right? Wow. Yeah, for sure. No, that's really good. I, I, I like I, it. I, I really like that explanation coming back as well. That's really good stuff. Yeah, I think for teachers, I think it, it works. I mean, that's what I love about the, the program that we have in that they're here to get better at this stuff. But man, somebody's been teaching four or five years. They need, you know, it's just time to start to think about those things. Right. You know, it's easy to forget about you in the mix because you're caring for so many other people. So interesting. But I, I appreciate the chance to talk about that. And now I've added the Z and I know it's that also trans, it's transferable. It's easy to remember. Mm -hmm. It's helpful to I mean, there there aren't people it won't help. Right? It's not going to mess anybody up. Right. You know, like yeah. you got to press from your gut. You got to squeeze out those high notes. Like, right. like we do lots of damage. It's lots of pedagogy a, that does do damage. A ton of damage. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what was, some, what was it recently? I heard someone say, you know, blow, blow harder yeah. or blow just hard enough or something like that. Right. In a clinic thing. And yeah. I was like, oh, that I what? <laughs> Yeah, How hold on know? a second. What's I'm always wondering when someone, you know, when someone says something like that, you, you that's what you're doing, right? You're defining what 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 is your pedagogy? What's the process? What are you going to use to get a certain result? And like, what's that what are that what's that group of words going to sound like? Right? When somebody yeah. says a phrase like, what's that going to evoke? And you also have to you have to take into consideration how people are going to hear it. Right. Right. So you there may be here's what I meant, but if you didn't say what you if you said something that people can easily take to mean something else. Mm -hmm. Well, you got to rethink your communication style, which is why this, these four words are very clear, right? There, I don't think you can take You can take these in that order and then go, yeah, I'm just going to lock myself up with that. That's just it's not possible. <laughs> How much tension can I, can I produce? <laughs> yeah. So what do you think about that? Right? Like, okay, we want to get rid of tension. So what I'd like you to do is tense your body as much as possible right now. Tense everything. Okay. Let that go. Okay. That's there. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Help me. 
Yeah. Help me. All right. Well, I mean, I know I see this in, in your playing, right, in, in you guys. And I'm sure you watch players all the time. So this was just my way to kind of, um, over the years, as I said, especially for young students, put all of it right in front of them. Now they have a list and something they can they can look to every day. So that's and so in cool. action in a class, it's it can be transformative. I've watched it happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, students get in front of in front of people and they're all bound up and they're nervous. And you're like, hey, can we just do these four little things that you've mm-hmm. already introduced? And they're like, oh, and just puts them in a totally different space. And in most cases, without that tension and those nerves, and if they get back to that that place, then then they stand a chance to succeed. Yep. You know, so there it is. All right, guys. Well, let's move on. It's time for no offense. Today's topic: hijacking a pedagogy. <laughs> so we're not allowed to use what you just said. No, well, I'd like to tell you about can. my. I'd like to tell you about my new thing. Um, <laughs> it's called body center breathing flow. Yeah, it's, oh, you've heard of it, right? That's so, mine. I mean, we all borrow stuff, balance, right? Middle. <laughs> Brian's going to translate it into British. Music. That's yeah. right, and then use. He it. just adds an occasional U after an O, and That's it all right. works. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, we all do it, right? We borrow stuff, we attend clinics, we collect PDFs. Uh, you know, we watch YouTube videos. But eventually, uh, it'd be nice to include some original thought. Now, I'm not saying the stuff I did today was like oh, original thought, but I did at least put it in some order that made sense. So, and I think the big thing for me is if you do borrow it, footnote the source, right? Oh, like, absolutely. Be yeah. quick to say, I learned this from this person, or I, I saw Joey give a clinic one time, and this is what he did. And you know, listen, we're all at some point a result of both our experiences and our teachers. And, you know, we, and, and, I, and we're not none of us are reinventing a wheel here. You right. know, so the idea of, oh, you know, uh, you're talking about the first thing you talk about with body. I mean, you're certainly not the first person to ever talk about getting yourself centered, and, you know, and, and putting right. yourself with good posture and these sort of things. But the way in which you explain it is yours. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. that's and that's important. And that's I've certainly, point. you know, taken stuff from all, you know, uh, you two guys and all of our guys in trouble. But, you know, like when I know I've, one of my favorite things I've stolen from uh, from Scott is when I talk to students, when we talk about nerves, and I said, mm-hmm. Scott was the first one I had to say this and I I steal it because it's great. And I give him full credit. He says, when do when does everybody play their best? Everybody plays their best in the rehearsals. Everybody's loose. They're hanging out. They're having a good time and they're playing. So when you're getting ready for the concert. That's not when it's different. You want it to sound just like the rehearsal because that's when you play your best. So right. make it like the rehearsal. I'm like, that's a great explanation. And I'm like, yeah. that's Scott's. I love it. It's dynamite. But I do yeah. give him full credit for it. Good. You know. But then yeah. there are things that I, we've all come up with ways of explaining on our own. And I'll say, yeah, well, this is how I go at this. And I'm not saying it's, you know, any of us are inventing how to play the trumpet. We, but we do have our ways of going at it. Right. And that's the important part there is that if you're using if you're using someone else's way, yeah, sure. Like I've said, hey, Barbara told me this and, you know, Mel Broyles told me this and Gil Johnson yelled at me for this. And, you know, here's how I explain this. Vince DiMartino yelled at me for this when I was 15 years old and is still doing it, <laughs> you know. <Right. laughs> so, yeah, yeah the, the credit, I think, is the important part that so you, we keep that we keep that going. And but the original thought part is vital to the perpetual improvement because I think this is the, the the important part of pedagogy is we want trumpet playing not just to continue, but to continue and progress. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, mm-hmm. Malcolm McNabb, after he did his uh, his album where he played the um, the uh, Tchaikovsky Violin Concerto, right? Which is, I mean, <laughs> I love insane. that so much. Mm-hmm. It's so great. And, and But somebody asked him, do you think anybody will ever do this? And he said, oh, well, see, this is the... This is the this is the good part. It's like, yeah, somebody will figure out how to do that live. You know, I'm doing that in the <laughs> studio, but then somebody else, because I remember thinking about this when I, when we listened to like stuff we listened to growing up, you know, mm-hmm. like some of those, one of some of the great horn section things, Earth, Wind and Fire stuff and all those things, Al Jarreau stuff, you know, all that, a lot of that stuff was done in the studios with horn sections. And then what happens? Guys like us have to go out and then do that stuff live <laughs> yes. when, they weren't doing that live at the time. <laughs> that wasn't mm-hmm. how it was conceived of. <laughs> you know, and even stuff like the first time I went down, I think it was the first time I played with Houston Symphony, right? I played West Side Story, the movie. 
Now, we're sitting in there, and at the end of the Mambo scene, which you're just going crazy for a couple of pages, it's so much fun to do, by the way. Mm -hmm. There's a place at the end where you're like screaming some high F sharps, screaming some high F sharps, and then mm -hmm. there's like four measures, and then you have a straight mute and go, pop, 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 pop. <laughs> and right next to me is the principal trombone player who's sitting immediately to my left who just starts laughing. <laughs> and he said, who would ever do that? And I looked at him and I said, no one would ever do this. This is a movie score. They would right. stop. They'd reset. They'd put their mutes in. They'd take it. He goes, oh, right. right. But that's the progression of like, okay, well, can we do that? And can we do that? And that's why the importance of addition of your own thing on top of other people's things to help this grow. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. You know, it just reminded me that I, I, the best thing I ever stole from Scott was a Harmon mute. <laughs> but you know, come to think of it, it probably wasn't his because he never brings his no, own mutes. Didn't have a sticker on it. <laughs> there was no, so it wasn't Brian's. Nope. It, had a, it had a sticker on it. It, so it wasn't have Brian's. a sticker on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, dull. that's it, then it was not mine. <laughs> Not at all. Well, that should about do it for today, don't you think? Uh, listen, thanks for joining us on The Open Bell. Stay tuned, subscribe to whatever works for you. We appreciate your patronage, patience, and perseverance. So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell. <laughs>